Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Redeemed Through His Blood. Scott Durfee here, joined as always by David Durfee. How are you, Dave? Good, Scott. You're off your cruise. Yeah. I wish I was still there, but I'm here, and I'm grateful. Yeah, a little yeah. messy out there today. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty snowy here on the Wasatch Front. We're getting uh, really wet, heavy snow today. Um, I just came out of the, ba- not the Bahamas, the Caribbean. Uh, Deb and I did a phenomenal cruise. Is it cruise. Caribbean or yeah. Caribbean? Yep. It's either way, I think. <laughs> I, I I just I think it's one of those potato okay. potato yeah, things, right? right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, we came out of the Caribbean and uh, just had a phenomenal time. But it's good to be back here and good to be talking about uh, these things that are so important to David and I and to all of us. I know uh, we're grateful for your emails. Keep those coming. You can send those to us at he redeems us at gmail.com. We do have a couple that uh, are in queue to be answered. We'll get to those uh, right away. So be patient with us, uh, please, as, as you send those. But uh, also, we've got a couple that we'll be addressing here on the podcast uh, as we go along as well. Anyway, we're anxious to uh, get to rocking and rolling again, talking about these important topics and so on. So, Dave, where are we starting today? Well, you know, Scott, this has been on my my mind uh, recently because of a few conversations I've had with individuals, some of my sweet uh, friends in the temple where where I work and some with other friends and everybody. And there's not a family that is not affected by the sins and conditions and circumstances and negativity and just just the the world where the world has infiltrated our homes our families i remember boyd k packer used to say that if you have a tv in your home the great and spacious building is in your home um that extends now to much more than just the tv doesn't it yeah oh man that yeah i think he said that before social media yeah he did so, probably. So think about think think about how the great and spacious building is in our homes and how 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 influential the great and spacious building can be with our children oh, in man. social media platforms and the scorners, those who point their finger and in scorn, those who mock, those who laugh, those who you know. I mean, that's the world that we live in, Scott. Never has the great and spacious building been more present and prevalent in our lives than it than it is now i was driving down the uh, freeway just yesterday right here in happy valley utah utah county utah and uh, there's a sign uh, and i and i'm not going to quote it exactly because i don't remember it exactly but it says something to the effect of social media can have a negative effect on our mental health uh, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're even seeing it. If it's recognized by the secular world that that's the case, then yeah. how, we're in trouble. Well, those those recent hearings they had a few weeks ago with uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Facebook and him apologizing to families who ha- who's had members commit suicide. And yeah, they they at least feel that social media played a major role in that right and i know he didn't apologize for what he did but he just said he was sorry for what they were feeling but the reality is that we are influenced by that and it's so sad that people 
you know, the saddest thing about, I think, social media for me, Scott, besides the negativity, is um, people think that they're connected. When they use social media, they think they're connected. When they read Facebook, they think they're connected. Well, it, it has nothing to do with being connected. They're not being connected. They're, they're sitting in their room alone, laying on their bed alone, in their car alone, wherever they are, alone, looking at a screen. Well, that, Dave, is how the adversary functions. I mean, think about everything that's counterfeit that the, that the, uh, that the adversary puts in front of us. Counterfeit love, counterfeit affection, counterfeit connection, counterfeit everything. And, and it gets us to believe it. Virtual reality. Right. AI. Yeah. Now can, can fake all this stuff. Fake voices, fake images, fake everything. Even video that, now, right? And uh, and what are you going to believe? And and who who are you going to, you know, ultimately believe? Right. Yeah. And who are you going to be connected with? Um, I don't know, Scott. I anyway, I I ran into a friend who, um, is really close to a family who's daughter this has been in the news whose child i should say really uh been in the news another suicide in in our mm. uh among our mm. people and uh such a shock to the family they had no idea what their child was going through had no idea that she had uh suicide ideations and you know they didn't even know that she I just, and again, others who are uh, losing children to a faith crisis or children who are walking away from their faith, and I, I'm i just really saddened by that. However, great hope is uh, in my heart and in my mind everything, every time I think about the promises of the prophets in regards to the covenants, the reality of those covenants, the sacred nature of the promises contained within those covenants. And I, I really encourage all of those who are maybe have any struggles with uh, children that they feel like they are losing, either physically or spiritually, that uh, you check out the 2002 Enzyme. you got to go back a ways. The Enzyme magazine, 2002, September issue. And find the article there. It's like the third one in the in the magazine. This is September 2002. The article, it's not really an article. It's quotes of prophets called Hope for Parents of Wayward Children. Hope for par- Parents. Hope for Parents of Wayward Children. Enzyme, September 2002. But I, this is one of my favorite all-time quotes is by Lorenzo Snow. Uh, he says, If you succeed in passing through these trials and afflictions and receive a resurrection, you will, by the power of the priesthood, work and labor as the Son of God has until you get all your sons and daughters in the path of exaltation and glory. Isn't that amazing? That, so again, if you succeed in passing through these trials and afflictions and receive a resurrection, and we're all going to receive a resurrection, and if we've kept our covenants, then we, we, we are where we need to be, 
you will by the power of the priesthood work and labor and i'm sure this is together as mother and father you will work and labor as the son of god has until you get all your sons and daughters in the path of exaltation and glory this is just as sure as that the sun rose this morning over yonder mountains therefore mourn not because all your sons and daughters do not follow in the path that you have marked out to them or give heed to your counsels Inasmuch as we succeed in securing eternal glory and stand as saviors and as kings and priests to our God, we will save our posterity. That's, that's an amazing promise. And I know that's true. I, I just know by the Spirit that that's true, Scott. And now, nobody's going to force those children you know, if those, those children continue to f- refuse to be unwilling and uh, by their choices are unworthy and they refuse to, uh, which I think would be very rare, if any, but no, God's not going to force them into exaltation and eternal glory. But L- Lorenzo Snow also said, this is in the, uh, the teachings of the prophet Lorenzo Snow, one of my favorite quotes as well, he said that the, those, those spirits in the spirit world will be taught the gospel of Jesus Christ where the conditions to receive the gospel are a thousand times more favorable than they are here in, in this, on this earth. Well, I, you know, I, for those who are struggling with their children for whatever reasons, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, I just, I always fall back on this article, these quotes of the prophets. There's a quote from uh, the prophet Joseph Smith as quoted by um, Orson F. Whitney. There's a quote from Brigham Young, Lorenzo Snow, and Boyd K. Packer. And um, they could add to this. There's been prophets by President Nelson and others since 2002, of course. So... I just recommend that, and that's been on my mind, so I kind of wanted to start with that. I think that's one of the things, David, that has a kind of universal application. I don't know. Deb and I were talking about this just the other day. While we were in Roatan, actually, Honduras, um, just a few uh, days ago, we, we were visiting with a wonderful couple uh, who just seemed like they had everything put together. He had a BYU hat on, and so I approached him, and and, um, you know, as we got to know them a little better, and I don't know a lot of the details, but, you know, these, this couple just seemed like the quintessential stereotypical, and I mean that in a positive way this time, stereotypical, just members of the church, covenant path keepers, right? They're, they're just on, you can tell uh, yeah. by their fruit, you shall know them. Well, you know, as we got to know them a little bit late, uh, better, uh, it turns out that they are struggling with uh, a daughter. And, and, you know, and when I say they're struggling, when we're struggling with our children, Dave, I, I have it, you have it. When we struggle with our children, we're not struggling with whether or not we love our children. We're not struggling with whether or not we, we are going to keep them or see them still as our children. We're just struggling because our children struggle. Somebody once said, you know, you're only as happy as your, as your saddest kid. And I think that, right. I think that in some ways— not always, but I think in some ways that can be true. But this just seems to be 
throughout the church, throughout our society, we are just riddled with this. Now, the thing I want to say about that is, is we see Satan's work at work on those that we see wandering. And, and, I, and I hesitate to use that word, but th- those who, that we see that are on their own path that seems to be different from ours right now. Yeah. Uh, and Satan has that influence there. But we have to be careful as parents and observers and family members and leaders and others who love them. We have to be careful not to let Satan's influence into our lives too because that can look like... Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, Satan can make that, make that look yeah. like a righteous endeavor when indeed it can be just the opposite of that, David. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Again, the great accuser. Yeah. And he'll come in and he'll tell us that we're a failure as parents. As par- and right. What were you doing? Uh, you know, you you didn't you didn't say your uh, family prayers every day. This is your fault. Right. Or or you did say your prayers every day. What's and wrong look with what you? happened and yeah. and was it worth it? I mean, you did all of that for nothing. I mean, all those things that we get accused of, right? All right. these things I've even said to my kids. You know better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've become the accuser. I have been. I have been. I've been the accused and the accuser all the yeah, same time. Yeah, we all have. I know that. And 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 I and it, we got to be careful because we can do more harm, and that's Satan's intent for us to do more harm than good if we approach uh, our children who may not be making the same choices we're making in the way that he wants us to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Scott, in our course, back to our course on the divine gift of forgiveness, the book written by Elder Anderson, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, hanging out in chapter eight here. And I know we've done a few podcasts on this about the effects that we've, we've talked about the events and the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And, um, the last couple, we've talked about the effects of the atonement, how the atonement of Jesus Christ unconditionally overcomes spiritual death that came into the world because of the fall of Adam and Eve. We haven't talked about our personal fall yet. You know, uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ conditionally overcomes the fall of you and me according to our faith, our repentance, our obedience. And we'll talk about that. That's chapter 9. And we're going to start with with faith and and how that's part of the conditional effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. But we're, we're finishing up on the unconditional effects today in chapter 8 of the, the book. And uh, we talked about how all will return to the presence of God, all of God's children. We left the presence of God. The atonement of Jesus Christ allows us to all return to the presence of God to be judged. We may not all stay there. No unclean thing can dwell there, but we will all return to the presence of God as resurrected beings after the resurrection. This is only possible because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. So, um, as we finish up on that, Scott, let's move from the negative of spiritual death that came into the world from Adam and Eve. And let's talk about the unconditional effects of our Savior's atonement in overcoming physical death that was brought into the world by Adam and Eve. And of course, the first way that uh, the atonement of our Savior overcomes physical death is through the universal resurrection. 
we've talked about the resurrection is kind of we did a whole thing I think on the resurrection when we talked about the events of the atonement and uh, I don't want to repeat all of that but we know that there will be a resurrection because of Christ being the first fruits of the resurrection and that all including sons of perdition all God's children will their spirits will return to their physical bodies and they will be resurrected and not a hair of their head will be lost Alma 11 44 all will all things will be restored and they will stand before God to be judged so the atonement of Jesus Christ unconditionally overcomes physical death but there's another aspect of the physical death Scott and that has to do with pains and sicknesses and those who innocently suffer physical or emotional or mental conditions that they did not choose. Maybe they were aware of that they would come into this world. I've wondered about this as a patriarch in giving blessings, Scott, is that some individuals come into this world, I believe, having had receiving some knowledge and preparation, perhaps, in their pre-mortal existence, knowing that there would be those challenges, and knowing and being taught that the Savior would cover them. I believe that. However, in the moment, you know, because we're, we're here and not there, and there's a veil between us, uh, we see so much suffering, physically, mentally, emotionally. And all of those things, Scott, that people suffer innocently, uh, not of their choosing, but because of the conditions of this world. And I, I mean, the list would be enormous of those, you know, who are born under certain, condi- with certain conditions in their physical body. Uh, I mean, there can be, I, I don't want to start giving, be descriptive, but all our listeners are thinking of things right now in their own personal life or in their family life or their neighbor's life or their, their ministering family's life. There are so many, I, I think of chemical imbalance and depression. You know, I think of physical handicaps. I think of mental handicaps. I think of, uh, of, uh, sexual even, um, what's the word, uh, differences or things that, ha- that, yeah, that even, just naturally occur. Yeah. Even confusions. And, you know, I, I, we see a lot of that, you know, just confusions. And about, we, and we can't really judge that because we don't know. That's right. You know, I, I don't, I don't know, Scott, I'm not the judge and I don't, I don't think we know. I don't think there's any official doctrine on this that maybe there are, maybe there are certain people that are born with certain sexual, um, identities i don't know i i just don't know what i do know what i choose to focus on is not judging them but in knowing that the savior covers them that's what i know if it is not something that they truly chose and i can't determine that you can't determine that i don't even think their parents can determine that However, the Savior knows, and the Savior covers those 
who suffer innocently because of the fall of Adam and Eve and the imperfect world that we live in and all of the uh, insufficiencies and tendencies and propensities and that aren't normal. So I, I, I'm just so grateful that that's, that's what we believe, that the, uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ covers all of that. I, I ha- I've always loved this quote by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. Uh, it was on his uh, talk uh, called Liberty. Uh, it was on Liberty Jail. I think he even, I can't remember. He'd, been, he'd visited Liberty Jail recently. This is way back in 2008 in a CES fireside. So you'd have to look up broadcast, CES broadcast to find it. But this is what he said. It ought to be a matter of great doctrinal consolation to us that Jesus, in the course of his atonement, experienced all of the heartache and sorrow, all of the disappointments and injustices that the entire family of man had experienced and would experience from Adam and Eve to the end of the world. In order that we would not have to face them so severely or so deeply. Get this last sentence. However heavy our load might be, it would be a lot heavier if the Savior had not gone that way before us and carried that burden with us and for us. I really hold on to that promise. When I see members of my family struggling with depression, discouragement, my own, my own sweetheart, you know, takes medication for some of that. She's open about that. And, and, uh, so many who suffer emotional, mental, physical disabilities, um, that they didn't choose. I know, I know the, uh, this, the atonement of Jesus Christ covers that unconditionally, Scott. If there's any negatives that come out of those negatives, he covers that. So what, again, we go back to gratitude for the atonement of Jesus Christ should change how we see everything because if we have an understanding and a gratitude, it changes our desires and it changes how we see ourselves, how we see our uh, family members and how we really see individuals in the world. At least it should. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing it does is it it, it, it it offers us freedom, right? Because if we're, if we're captured by the belief and if we're bound and held captive by the belief that I am, I am making mistakes, I am, uh, because of my condition, I'm pushing my the spirit away from me, which is the administrator of the atonement of Jesus Christ, and we can't feel it in our lives. But a lot of times, David, we will believe these things because of the programming that we've been brought up with or, or the programming that we're involved with yeah. as part of our society and our culture, etc. Traditions. They're just not 100% accurate. You know, there, there may be some truth to some of that, but it's just real. You said it. It's just really difficult. I can't even as much as, as well as I know my kids and I think I do. But as well as I know them, I can't say to Trevor, Trevor, what's wrong with you? And I'm not, you know, this is hypothetical. What's wrong with you? You know better. 
I don't really know. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't really. Right. You I, don't know what even he knows. My, even my own you kids. You don't know what he feels. I don't know you what don't he's know been through. You don't know how he's wired. I don't know how he has been affected by things that I don't know that have affected his exactly. life. Exactly. And so on. And so, again, as parents, as friends, as spouses even, as whatever, we had better be very careful in our judgment towards that. And maybe more importantly, David, be very careful in our judgment towards ourselves as we go through some of that stuff. I know that, you know, I deal with some of that stuff, depression, anxiety, uh, the PTSD things because of things that have been uh, happened to me in my life. And and when I have had feelings and so forth, uh, I've, I've been super judgmental towards myself on some of that. I'm beginning to be much more gentle, much more aware of the effects of the atonement in my life around that. But Dave, that's been a struggle. Yeah. I know, Scott, and uh, even with what you know, it's a struggle. Correct. Even with what I know, it's a struggle. Without what you know, it's impossible. Literally, you'd still be. Uh, 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 it'd you'd be, still be on the bottle, probably. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, we're dead. More and more likely, the latter. Yeah. So I I don't know how you know how people, parents, families, individuals deal with it when they do not understand what the atonement of Jesus Christ covers. And covers unconditionally. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know we all know this scripture, but I, I remember, Scott, I've told this story before about the uh, president of, this, of the largest uh, Protestant theological seminary in America, uh, Dr. Ma, who came to our institute and, and read this scripture from the Book of Mormon. You know, he, he told all of our students in in his uh, little address, he was doing a little uh, devotional for our students at uh, Utah Valley University, and he, he told all of them, hey, don't don't all of you, when you come up after, don't all of you try to give me a Book of Mormon. I already have a Book of Mormon. I read it. I love, I love lots of things in your Book of Mormon. Uh, and he says, I really love this scripture. And And this is Alma chapter 7 verses 11 through 13, he, and he read it. He read it over the pulpit to our students. And Jesus Christ shall go forth, suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And this, that the word might be fulfilled, which saith, he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. Scott, I, I, it wouldn't be wrong for us to add, take upon him the physical and spiritual and emotional pains and the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual sicknesses of his people. Yeah. Well, that first sentence encapsulates that. that can, the afflictions and temptations of every kind. Yeah. That's, right. That's complete. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and the verse goes on. He will take upon him death that he may loose the bands of death unconditionally. I'm adding that. Which bind his people. And he will take upon him their infirmities that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh. That he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. 
infirmities are physical, mental, anything, emotional, yeah. spiritual. We all have infirmities. Yeah, that's part of the fall of Adam and Eve, Scott. Uh, the the Lord confesses in Ether twelve twenty seven. I give unto men weakness, or He could have said, I give unto men infirmities, that they might be humble, and My grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before Me. For if they humble themselves before Me and have faith in Me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. That's a portion of Alma or Ether 12, 27. And then verse 13, Now the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh, that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testimony which is in me. So I, I just... Scott, Dr. Moss said after that, this broke my heart, actually. I think it broke everybody's heart that heard it. He said, I wish I wished our church believed that. That's what he said. One of the leading Presbyterian pastors and ministers in the country, and he said, I wish our church could believe that. But unfortunately, he believes in a finite. A finite, that's, that's I'm quoting him they believe in a finite atonement that only those who confess jesus are covered by the atonement we believe in an infinite infinite atonement that affects all of god's children of all worlds of all their infirmities of all their sins whether repented of or not the atonement of Jesus Christ covers all of us. The question is, will we receive it? Will we understand it? Will we receive the blessings, power, peace, joy, forgiveness, mercy, and grace that flow from it? That's, I, I just, we should just be so thankful for the restoration of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the coming forth of the Book of Mormon because nobody else understands that, Scott. So, again, we if we'll just uh, study, ponder, when you hear the news and you hear about all the negative things going on in the news and all the subjective judgments that news commentators make these days on cable news networks I, I just hope you'll hold off from making judgment and getting down and on people and getting all depressed and thinking that the world's going to hell in a handbasket Jesus Jesus has got us Scott yeah Jesus covers us Jesus um, I, I we read the quote by Elder Anderson I talked about this that because the world is so sinful and so evil right now that because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, there are compensatory powers that he has given us. I think the restoration of the gospel is a compensatory blessing. Uh, he talks specifically that there would be an increase of the Holy Ghost that would be part of the compensatory powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ 
that would bless us because of this fallen world and the conditions that we live in right now. And yet so many times we just get caught up into the news and the, the wave of, of what's happening now that we fail to really pause and think about, you know, Jesus has got us. Jesus has got this. Jesus is in control. And if we can have that uh, vision, and if we can see it that way, the way that it really is, uh, then that can relieve a lot of the anxiety that we feel. You know, we, we began this podcast, one of the things that we were talking about was some of the anxiety and some of the stress and so forth that we as parents and our parents have felt towards us. And we feel that maybe some of our children, and, and it and I, th- I don't think that that's just something that parents feel whose kids have left the church or who have decided to go a different spiritual path. I know that uh, parents in the church feel that way about their kids who are seemingly on the covenant path as well. The thing that, that an understanding of this part of the atonement or this part of the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ can do for us is it cannot only allow us to extend greater grace and mercy outward, but it can also change us inside. It can mm-hmm. relieve us of the burden yes. of judgment. Uh, when that when that burden or condemnation or condemnation or yeah, probably better said. You know, probably way better said. When we, if we can be relieved of the burden of condemnation, and there is a great burden there, uh, because so often and probably I might argue. Most of the time, we're going to be inaccurate in our condemnation because that condemnation is from the accuser. That comes to us from the accuser. But this understanding of this part of the atonement of Jesus Christ, David, allows us to have peace and tranquility. And and to, you know, Elder uh, President Benson used to say, you know, sometimes Heavenly Father will calm the storm, uh, but sometimes he'll let the storm rage and he'll calm the child he'll mm-hmm. calm us and and that calming can come to us through a, an understanding of the things that you're talking about yeah and you know i had that experience i told this the story uh, a few podcasts ago about my my son our adopted son isaac who went to prison and uh i don't think i told this part of the story and if i did you'll have to <laughs> cut this out but um you know 12 o'clock, he's not home. It's on a Saturday night. I've got a patriarchal blessing to give the next morning at, uh, I think, 8 or 9 a.m. And uh, so I'm I'm up and I'm studying and I'm kind of preparing to give a patriarchal blessing the next morning. And he doesn't, he's, he's usually pretty good about coming home at by midnight. And he didn't come home and he didn't come home. And at 12.30, probably I start calling and, and uh, it goes right to uh to voicemail which is unusual he, normally he'd pick it up right away i start texting nothing uh i'm i'm going on oh, you know nothing and i'm i'm by about one thirty. i start praying scott and uh i'm this is this sacred but uh i'll share it I hear a voice, and the voice says to me, I have taken him unto myself. And I think, oh, no, he's, he's died. I thought he had died. When, when I heard that, I thought he, I started looking out the window. 
I was sure the police were going to show up and tell me that he, that there was an accident, he'd been killed, or that somebody had killed him, or whatever. Or maybe he'd taken his life. You know, there'd been suicide ideations with him. So I, I thought he was dead. And uh, it gets to be 2 a.m., and I, I'm thinking, oh, you know, and nobody shows up. And I'm praying again, and I hear the voice. I have taken him unto myself. <laughs> uh, about 3 a.m., I hear it again, Scott. Three times. Three times I heard that voice. And I, I recognize that voice. I have taken him unto myself. Well, at 3.40, I get a phone call. And it's it's Isaac, and he's in tears, telling me he's been arrested. That he was arrested at 11.30, and that he's in the county, county jail. And he's probably on his way to prison. Well, we talked, we cried, I expressed my, my sorrow and my love, all of that. Tried to encourage him, give him some hope. And uh, after a short phone call, I went in to wake up Chris. <laughs> That's tough. That is a tough conversation. Tell your wife that your son's in prison. Anyway, I woke her up and I said, Sweetheart, um, before I tell you what happened, I need to tell you what I've experienced. And I told her what I'd experienced and what I'd heard. And I said, after I told her that, my experience, I said, so Isaac's been arrested and he's in jail, probably on his way to prison. There was such a, a peace, really, Scott, in all of that. Um, I mean, there was sadness. Uh, there was emotional heartbreak, all of that that goes with that, you know. Uh, we were very, very sad and sorrowful and uh, weeping. And and I said to her, um, you know, I have a blessing to give in a few hours. <laughs> I've been up all night. I have a blessing to give in a few hours. Yeah, I think I should cancel it, don't you? And she said, well, I don't know. You better go pray about it first. So I went down to my office and I, I prayed and I had this powerful impression, a little bit of a, a really a little bit of a correction chastisement. <laughs> you know, who do you think you are? These blessings don't come from you. You don't give these blessings. These aren't your words. I just need you to show up. Just show up. Well, and I, of course, didn't cancel the blessing, and it was one of, remember that young woman and the blessing that she received, and it was one of the more powerful blessings I I think I've felt. And uh, she didn't know about any of the background or what I'd experienced that night. Uh, I, I was compensated through the atonement of Jesus Christ in my sorrow, in my 
uh, emotional state of being sorrowful and sad and upset and 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 a little frustrated you know i was compensated scott and uh and i know isaac was compensated i know my sweetheart was compensated there was all this compensation uh i've i've taken him under myself i've got him the the impression was it went along with that uh, revelation was hey you've done a fine job <laughs> you've done a fine job uh, you've been a good dad but now i've got him that now he's mine uh the peace i i know again that you can have peace and joy even in sorrow and in great affliction that's only possible because of the atonement of jesus christ and our savior our redeemer understanding his his the powers the redemptive enabling compensatory powers that flow into our life through the gift of god's son i i i know that's true and hope that our listeners will take some uh, consolation receive uh, uh, their own witness of that in their in their own lives and uh, not allow any of the negatives that are natural in this natural mortal world to uh, t- to destroy us spiritually i see so many parents scott who when their children fall spiritually or are affected in terrible ways because of the fall of adam and eve i see sometimes parents who are so negatively affected by that who can't understand why why we 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 did come follow me we said our prayers we did family home evening we went to church every sunday well how, it must not be true and they fall if if people would just not focus so much on the church and focus more upon the gospel of Jesus Christ and the atonement of our Savior, that's where they're going to find peace. And what that does to you, Scott, is I'm telling you, going to church and partaking of the sacrament every day or every Sunday and renewing our covenants with that little piece of broken bread and that little cup representing his blood, I'm telling you, if... Are you kidding me? That that, yeah. that means so much more to me because of of the afflictions and sorrows and and trials and uh, adversities in my life because I I know that as I sit there and reflect upon his suffering, I reflect on my suffering too, mm-hmm. and and the truth that he's got this. Yeah, he suffered it first, and because he suffered it. My suffering is not as bad as it would have been. And that I can have peace and joy through his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, which administers all of the blessings and powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ into our lives. Yeah. So what I hear you saying, and I think our listeners, I, I hope, are hearing this too, it isn't that um, having a, a relationship with the church 
keeping my commandments, uh, saying my prayers, doing the duty to God, doing all the things. Uh, what I hear you saying is it's not in that that we find solace. It's not in that that we find redemption. It's not in that that we find safe keeping. Uh, it's in under and, it, and it's not even and it's not even because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I mean, it is ultimately because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. But David, what it really is 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 our understanding of the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's where the peace comes. Yes. That's where from we gain the ability to have the experiences like you had with sweet Isaac and, and Chris had with that, that experience with Isaac. I have taken him unto myself because you understand the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We all think we understand. I don't know that that's true, but probably we all think we understand the covenants and, and, and the commandments. And we understand that, you know, if we, if we, if we DNC eighty two ten, you know, I the Lord am bound when you do what I say, but when you don't do what I say, I have no promise. And we get that, and I believe that. And I, there's, but but we sometimes misinterpret all of that to meaning, hey, it's all on me. You're right. It's important for me to be the dad I need to be. It's important for me to be the husband, I, or just even the person. Now, you know, um, several years ago, um, this has been maybe ten years ago. Uh, you, all of you probably know, for those of you who don't, I, I am still very involved in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, other recovery programs too, but that one most specifically. In one year, David, and, and, and it's only because we went back and it just seemed so overwhelming that it was like, let's quantify this. So there were 23 people that we knew very closely that died by suicide or by overdose. And, mm. and all of these uh, people had spouses or parents. Mm -hmm. and, and all of these spouses and parents, you know two of the, the parents quite well, actually. Your, your, your uh, son-in-law was brother to one of them. Uh, but, it, but it seems that... It doesn't seem. It, this is a this is a fact. Those that have understanding and a relationship with Jesus Christ's atonement, and feel the compensatory blessings that flow from it, that align themselves so that when they partake of the sacrament, they have the experience that you just explained. You just said, "When I take the sacrament, now it means so much more to me," mm -hmm. as I put on the atonement of Jesus Christ and not receive but retain a remission of my sins, and mm -hmm. retain the effects of the atonement in my life as the Holy Ghost is part of that covenantal process that we go through as we partake of the sacrament, that we may always have his spirit to be with us. Mm -hmm. And when his spirit is always with us, the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ are being administered, but not just being administered, but become visible to us mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and and that, that is one of the deep, great blessings that you just explained from your own life. I think a lot of us have experiences that kind of kind of go along with that. But, you know, of those 23 people that one year that passed, very few of their families were uh, had an understanding or even a deep desire to understand these things. And, and, and for them, uh, this was maybe 10 years ago, and for them, I'm predicting it's been 10 years of mostly struggle most, yeah, and mostly the negativity hell. in there yeah but for those who didn't and one was fairly recent i may have shared a few uh, months ago about a young lady who uh, had a son who um, took his own life he hung himself in a tree just behind their house and uh, i had an opportunity to attend and speak at that funeral but there was peace there because she understands the atonement of jesus christ and she's not worried about her son 
You know, yeah. she's not worried about her son because she knows that the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ are not just at work in her life, but in all of the lives of those that she loves and associates with. And, you know, and that's, that can be something that we can all invite through an understanding, and an understanding requires effort on our part, but through an understanding of the atonement of Jesus Christ so that we can fill the, the, the spirit in our lives, that is where that peace and, and that calmness comes, even in the face of adversity. The Church of Jesus Christ, Scott, has, a, has one really central role. Now, I, I, I know the, the four yeah. parts and, yeah. and roles in taking care of the poor and all of that, but really, when it comes to redemption, when it when it really comes down to it, uh, all the programs, all the meetings, uh, all the all the policies, all the principles, uh, everything of everything in the church, uh, if it doesn't if it doesn't point us to Jesus Christ, if it doesn't increase our understanding of and our gratitude for the atonement of Jesus Christ and the gift of Jesus Christ from our given to us, uh, offered to us from our loving Heavenly Father. If it doesn't do that, then what's it doing? Yeah. Joseph Smith uh, said that. Uh, oh, yeah. Boyd K. Packer said that. Yeah, a lot the, of them. Yeah. The atonement of Jesus Christ is, is the root of Christian doctrine. Yeah. And if it doesn't touch that root, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. That's pretty definitive. So if if we're, I I know there's social reasons and I know there's there's good things that we do. You know, I I delivered cookies, Valentine cookies yesterday to my families that I minister to, and I didn't I didn't say a word about the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I know there's there there's sweet, uh, divine good things that that happen in the church, and it it's not all about that. But but really. In my mind, it is because, I, I mean, I delivered cookies to a guy who doesn't want anything to do with the church, and the only reason I did it was because I want him to, I, if there's something that happens, goes goes south in his family, if he feels like there's ever a need or there's ever an opportunity for me to, to help teach him about Jesus and teach him that Jesus is there for him, I want to have something of a relationship. Yeah. So I... I well, Everything that we do should be should be focused on that, right? Yeah, but I disagree with something you said. You said, I didn't say anything about the atonement of Jesus Christ. You didn't have to, because your actions are in line with the atonement of Jesus Christ, David. You're not judging this guy because he's not part of it. You're not trying to give him a sales pitch. You are, by way of invitation, inviting the Spirit into, even if it's just the Spirit of love. Yeah, I believe that. Even if it's just the Spirit of I acceptance. You know, but he didn't hear any word about that. But but, but he felt it. He he hopefully felt it. Yeah, and if he's feeling it, then. But I, I just we all need to think about why do we do what we do? Right. What's our purpose? What is really our purpose? And that should be our purpose. Yeah. Anything that we do in our family. You know, it should it should be ultimately to help to help us all as a family. You know, my children, my grandchildren, to to feel that that Jesus is there for them, that He has suffered for them, for all of their pains, all of their sicknesses, all of their sufferings, all of their sins, that that He's He's there for them. I 
anyway, I and for those who are listening to this podcast for the first time, you know, one of the one of the aspects of that sweet story which I shared with you about my son Isaac, if you haven't heard previous podcasts, was this is a, an adopted son who was born as a fetal alcohol baby who was abused badly as a child, uh, as an infant, uh, who has bipolar and Asperger's, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you the reality. You're acknowledging the conditions <laughs> this into is which the he was born. physical, yeah, that's it. mental, emotional conditions he was born into this world with, which I don't think he chose. He may knew of something about it before he was born. He may have been somewhat prepared for it before he was born. But what he knew before he was born, and what I know now, and which I hope he knows now, because I've tried to teach him, is that Jesus is there for him, and not just there for him, but Jesus has got him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, I've, if I, I've told him that story. And I, I, Jesus has got you, Isaac. Yeah. And you know, he's he's out of prison now. And he still goes to church. He loves Jesus. He's still got his problems, Scott. Yeah. He's still got his problems. And hopefully someday he'll have the Melchizedek priesthood. And someday he'll receive the ordinances and covenants that he's, you know, hasn't yet received. Uh, but I'm not worried about that. It's only a matter of time. I know it's only a matter of time because, you know, I, I know his heart and he knows what he knows is the heart of God. And if we, if we just all knew the heart of God that, you know, the scripture in second Nephi, you know, that God doesn't do anything for the world, save it's for the benefit of the world because he loves the world. I love that scripture in Second Nephi twenty six, and uh, and Isaac knows that. Isaac knows that Jesus loves him, God loves him, his parents love him. And he knows the prophets love him. He's had an experience with a couple of prophets, Pre- uh, Elder Elder Anderson, when we went to the prison to meet with Isaac. Elder Anderson wanted to meet him and have that experience, and Isaac Isaac felt Elder Anderson's love for him. And ultimately, through Elder Anderson, God's love for him, and Elder Hell's, because Isaac's kind of this savant on the organ, and Elder Hell's invited to to further his talent by giving, uh, by letting Richard Elliot, <laughs> the premier, you know, organist on, uh, for the choir. Oh man! And and El- anyway, Elder Hell's arranged for Richard Elliot to give Isaac a lesson. This is when Isaac was like uh, 14, 15 years old. And then he went up to Elder Hell's office, made an appointment. Isaac did this on his own. He, he was 16 because he had to drive up there on his own. He wouldn't let me go with him. And so he drove up there all alone to meet with Elder Hell's, 16 years old. And he, he talked to Elder Hell's, he said, for a half hour. And Elder Hell's said, well, I have another meeting, Isaac. You know, Isaac, I'm sure, was talking about uh, all the things that, probably weren't that interesting to Elder. Well, I, Elder Hells was just so kind to him. And Elder Hells says, I, go, I need to go to another meeting. And he stood up and he walked around his desk and he came over and Isaac stood up and he he hugged Isaac and he put his hands on Isaac's shoulders. Then he looked into Isaac's eyes and he said, Isaac, 
I want you to know I will always be one of your best friends. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Scott, uh, mm-hmm. Isaac, he didn't come down off that cloud. He didn't touch the ground. It was like the world had just melded away, and he didn't touch the ground for a couple of weeks because he knew he had a, a prophet that was his friend. Yeah. Well, and the spirit bore witness of the truth of the things that the prophets were telling him. Isaac knows that's yeah. true. Yeah. And that ultimately God feels that way about right. him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm just, we're, we should just all be so thankful for the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, for what the Book of Mormon is, teaches us, what we understand about the infinite, infinite atonement of Jesus Christ. The, the justice, which works both ways, and the mercy, which works both ways for sins and sinners and those who have been sinned against and those who are victims and those who have been abused. and uh, Anyway. Well, infinite but yet individual in its most perfect form too, right? Elder Maxwell, infinite but intimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is infinite but intimate. And uh, I know that's true. I hope our listeners will feel the spirit of that and and uh, do what they need to do. I think they're, it takes work. It takes study. It takes uh, effort to really get your own testimony and understanding of these things. Uh, and I, I hope our listeners will do that. Yeah, as do I. Uh, great day. Thanks so much, David. Uh, as always, uh, we start to uh, move through the effects. And uh, now as we begin to talk about how do we actually put on the atonement of Jesus Christ, uh, what does that look like? What's the role of faith uh, and so on? We'll, we'll uh, be moving that into the weeks to come. Uh, such a joy for David and I to be able to talk about these things. It means so much to both of us and uh, to see and hear about through your emails how this is uh, affecting your lives as well. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate uh, your time today and uh, look forward to being with you again next week. And until then, take care.